Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox. I'm the Compliance Evangelist, and I'd like to welcome you to this special five-part podcast series sponsored by Affiliated Monitors, which celebrates Affiliated Monitors' 15 years in business as the first entity specializing in independent integrity monitoring. Founded in 2004, Affiliated Monitors provides independent integrity monitoring and ethics and compliance assessments nationally and internationally and across almost all industries. With its knowledge of effective ethics and compliance programs and cultures, Affiliated Monitors is respected for its work as the corporate monitor on matters ranging from multinational corporations to small and mid-sized companies and even individuals. Having served in nearly 750 monitorships, no one has more experience as an independent monitor than the team at Affiliated Monitors. For more information on how an independent monitor can help improve your company's ethics and compliance programs, visit this podcast series sponsor, Affiliated Monitors, at www.affiliatedmonitors.com. In this five-part series, I visit with Jerry Coyne. Jerry is the Managing Director of State Monitoring Services at Affiliated Monitors. We consider the use of monitors by state attorneys general. In part one, we take a look at the role of state AGs as enforcer, in part two, the reaction to the big tobacco settlement and criticism of state attorneys general. Part three, the multi-state settlements in the post-tobacco era. Part four, challenges of multi-state litigation today. And part five, we take a look at the road ahead. It's a fascinating series. I know you will enjoy it as much as I enjoyed bringing it to you. In this fifth and final episode of our five-part podcast series on the use of monitors by State's Attorney General, we take a look at the road ahead, and it's not all about the money. Thanks so much for listening. This special five-part series is a special presentation of the Compliance Podcast Network. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox, back for our final episode of our five-part exploration of the use of monitors by state attorney generals. Uh, as always, I'm joined by Jerry Coyne, the Managing Director of State Monitoring Operations at Affiliated Monitors. Jerry, welcome back. Thank you, Tom. Thanks for having me. So, Jerry, as we look at the road ahead uh, and maybe you reflect on some of the lessons learned over the past 25 years or so, uh, one of the things that struck me is going forward, it really may not be as much about the money as it may have been in the past. What are your thoughts on that? I think, Tom, one of the goals of the state attorney general's um, office across the country, um, and it's got nothing to do with partisanship, it's got to do with kind of the, the fundamental powers and duties of the office. It's all about public protection in every state. How do you protect um, the citizens of the state, um, and how do you best ensure that their rights are protected so that when the uh, multi-state litigation or any litigation is resolved, the the road ahead, in other words, the, the conditions that you attach to a settlement to make sure that bad behavior is not repeated, have a more lasting impact in virtually every case than does the money damages. So, Jerry, one of the things that we have touched on uh, briefly throughout the series, and now I really want to explore in this episode, is why the use of an independent monitor can be so powerful, specifically in this type of government litigation. You've talked about the issues of uh, resources. You've talked about the issues of expertise. You've talked about the issues of funding. Um, All of these 
have been, I think, addressed in the private sector around independent monitoring? And how can we bring those concepts into this type of uh, at least government-led litigation? Well, Tom, it's it's interesting um, that you talk about having come in the private sector first because it did. Um, and in 2012, I was asked to represent the state attorney generals on a task force that was rewriting the American Bar Association standards for corporate monitors. And I learned more about this whole concept of monitoring there than I ever had during my time with the attorney general's office. And it really, the more I learned about it, the more I saw how it really, the use of a corporate monitor, the use of an independent monitor really would be a tremendous benefit to the states because if there's one thing we can all be sure of that no matter how many responsibilities we take on in terms of regulating future conduct, there are not going to be any more resources given to the attorney generals to do that. Um, Every state that I know of is facing some fiscal constraint and there's just not going to be bodies added. So you need to find some way to do this and to do it without taking on more resources. The the use of independent monitors is tailor-made for that. So Jerry, have there been any efforts uh, or uh, state's attorney general kind of coming together? Uh, You mentioned the American Bar Association, but have there been any other either formal or informal uh, groups of attorneys generals uh, trying to uh, move down this road together. Is that something that uh, you've been a part of? You know, Tom, we have had um, different presentations made um, through um, when the attorney generals come together and meet. Um, we have had presentations made, particularly, I mentioned, you know, several sessions ago, the um, Medicaid fraud control units um, that each attorney general has <clears throat> have come, they come together and they meet regularly. And there have been presentations made to that group and to some others to try to introduce monitoring. But, um, you know, it's one of those situations that the use of monitors is just a tremendous value added for the attorney generals, whether we're talking about resolving litigation or not. In fact, the first time that we used one in my office, it had nothing to do with litigation. It had to do with a regulatory action that we had taken. that involved uh, two mergers that had numerous conditions imposed and nobody watching those conditions. So that was the first time we brought in an independent monitor and it served us extraordinarily well. We hired affiliated monitors um, to monitor these two actions for us and it just gave you the peace of mind of knowing that your conditions now had credibility because they were being followed. And the public was well served because Again, the conditions that we imposed, we knew were now being followed. So I wonder if we could maybe expand on that just a little bit, Jerry, and ask you, uh, when you were with the, the Rhode Island State Attorney General, how did you interact and how did the uh, your office use the monitor in the post-resolution phase? Well, like I say, we had uh, two different situations where we had come to agreements where we had conditionally, we had very, very detailed conditions that had to be maintained by these in both of these transactions. But we had nobody to make sure that those, trans- those transactions, that conditions were being followed. And were it not for a company like affiliated to be able to come in and do that for us, I don't know how we would have been able to get it done. The key, though, is that for a state, the 
the monitoring can be done at no cost to the state. And when I say that, that is critical. Um, if a monitor ship is considered during the settlement process and during the negotiations, it can be um, written into any kind of an agreement, and the cost of it will be borne normally by the parties that are involved, whether it's case of a regulatory action or civil litigation. Um, you're bringing resources to bear to make sure that the settlement is followed, but it's at no cost to the taxpayer, and you're really bringing in people that have independent expertise so that they're really, they're not on one side or the other. They're just out there to, to make sure that whatever the parties agreed to is followed. And from that point of view, both sides um, in any dispute or any conflict are well served. Jerry, I'm a very process oriented uh, person. Um, I'm married to, uh, my wife is sort of a process engineer. So that's something we think about, talk about a lot. And uh, it strikes me that, or one of the, I guess, uh, um, thing she continually harps on me is uh, for any process validation, there must be oversight. There must be a second set of eyes. There must be someone looking at the process from the outside who can independently evaluate the situation and raise issues if the process is not being followed. And it strikes me that that is what you've described, one of the roles of an independent monitor, to literally bring a second set of eyes uh, to an issue or a problem. And I think, Tom, it's particularly important to bring an independent and an unbiased set of eyes, because when a, a dispute gets resolved um, and the parties both go their own way, and particularly the lawyers for the parties go their own way, everybody you know, that's at the business level, um, you know, sometimes there are some there's some lingering uh, you know, animosity, some lingering bad feelings. And when you bring in that unbiased set of eyes, you were not involved in the dispute. You're simply involved in making sure that whatever the parties agreed to is followed. And it gives everybody the ability, I think, to take a deep breath and just move forward. And that becomes really important um, when you're talking about an industry like a, a farmer or something where there there is a public interest in making sure that the job going forward is done correct. Uh, this really comes from my experience in the corporate world uh, as a corporate lawyer uh, working with senior leaders, working with uh, boards of directors, working with executive leadership teams, and maybe it's it's the same in uh, state government and particularly in states attorney generals. But that's the 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 phrase I was learned. Uh, I never want to be surprised. Uh, that doesn't mean you cannot bring me bad news. It doesn't mean you can come to me with a cannot come to me with a problem. But it does mean I don't want to be surprised about a problem. Um, and uh, is that does that translate as well into the public arena when uh, you were with state's attorney general? Absolutely. The, some of the cases that the attorneys general are involved in are matters of great, great public interest. So that if a condition is not being followed, at some point, that condition um, is going the, the failure to follow that condition is going to become known. If, for example, it involves the closing of a particular facility or the end of providing a particular service to an underserved community. And if the agreement was to keep that service being provided, somebody's going to bring that, somebody's going to know about that. If you're the attorney general, you want to know about that first. And the use of a monitor gives you the ability to very proactively kind of look ahead. They, the monitor if they're doing their job well, will be able to pick up on some of those early warning signs 
and you can sometimes prevent things from happening also. Well, Jerry, this has just been a fascinating exploration of a topic that I don't think it's enough airplay, and I certainly hope that uh, you're able to continue to uh, advocate for it and really educate uh, both states, um, not just both, but states, municipalities, county enforcements, um, and cities. So I look forward to continuing the conversation. Tom, thank you very much. I've enjoyed the opportunity. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox again. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of our five-part exploration of the use of monitors by state's attorneys general. If you need more information, check out the Affiliated Monitor website, www.affiliatedmonitors.com. I hope you'll join us again for another episode in this uh, fascinating five-part series. I know you will enjoy it. This special five-part podcast series on the use of monitors by state's attorneys generals is a special presentation of the Compliance Podcast Network. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.